welcome to episode 35 of the Cinefessions podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Brandon Shawan. And joining me tonight, we have Chris Ranson. Chris, how are you? I'm good. Excellent. Glad to hear it. And Ash Collins. Ash, how are you tonight? Excellent. Great. And we also have, for the first time on the podcast, and hopefully not the last, we have Mark Nadu. Mark, how are you tonight? Fantastic. Excellent. Now, Mark is a uh, f- friend of ours on Twitter that we've talked to for a long time, and we're really excited to have you on the show. So thank you for for being here with us tonight. I'm very happy to be here. Now, Mark, I uh, the first. It's very good to be podcasting with a Canadian again. The very first podcast I ever did, it was me and uh, the guy's name was Brandon, also, and it was the uh, for Inside Pulse Movies, and he was my I always called him my Canadian counterpart, and so that was my first podcasting. And so I had to be glad to have you back on or have you on the show. <laughs> oh, I was so, going to be a beauty, eh? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, so. I hope everyone is having an awesome 2016. This is our first podcast of the new year, and we are really excited to wrap up the Ash vs. Evil Dead series tonight, and we're also going to review the remake of Evil Dead from 2013, and we also are going to announce what's next for the podcast, and we are all pretty damn excited about it. So let's jump in. Chris, what did you do this past week? You always pick me. Um, Um... You take the longest. I know, I do. God. Um, I don't even know what I did all week. Um, my my crappy shift ended, so I'm no longer like getting up at 1 a.m. That's so awesome. There was that. Um, I don't know. I went to a hockey game the other day, but we left early because it was really just kind of boring. There was no energy. <clears throat> oh. No fights. No one scored <laughs> in the first quarter. And all these girls showed up. Literally, it was like a row of girls in front of us. They all came together. That sounds horrible. And they just Snapchatted the entire time in front of us. I'm like, why are you here? You're not watching. You're just on your phone Snapchatting. Those are called puck bunnies. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They weren't with anyone else. They, They had no men. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're because they're on the ice. That's what they're hoping to uh, attain at the end of the night is uh, a hockey uh, player. Get their you know, hockey card signed. Exactly. Oh. And I don't think they're that into it. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe. Maybe. And then um, that's about it. I started this new, um, I like to call it Netflix Relay. Relay, whatever. Yeah. And so like I'll load it because I can never decide what I want to watch on Netflix. So I just load it up. And I close my eyes and I hold, hold right and I hit X and play whatever movie I land on. And that's how I've been picking my movies. I yeah. got, but I try to watch like, cause I have this huge black backlog and I have stuff I want to watch on there. I have stuff on voodoo. I have DVDs I want to watch. I have stuff on the computer I want to watch. <laughs> so I try to knock like one out of each category each day if I can. Okay. Netflix is like my look. primary. Yeah, I got all excited because I saw you watch Doug Hugeris, which I recommended like last year when we were doing Doom and Doom. Yep, it, it had <laughs> sat in my Netflix queue for last year with, with many other things. And I was bummed when I landed on it because I'm like, oh, I'm really not in the mood for it. But, you know, I was like, I'm not going to cheat. That's just stupid to cheat on something like this. That's just <laughs> stupid. So I'm going to watch it. What I, was the time I missed it? Hugeris. Yeah. I think, okay. I, I think it's how you say it. It's a Hindi film. Okay. Yeah, it stars um, it stars uh, Rithik Roshan and uh, oh god, 
I can never remember how to say her name. I butchered every time. Aishwara <laughs> yes. Uh, from Doom 2. They're both Okay. Uh, Very cool. So I've been watching lots of movies, and I'm trying to get caught up on all my, like, Golden Globe stuff, because I'll be watching the Golden Globes on Sunday. That's this yeah. Sunday already? Yes. Wow. See, I pay so little attention to the award shows. Yeah, first one of the year. Yeah, wow. But I, I'm, I can't finish it, because I have to watch The Revenant, which comes out on Friday. I'm so excited for it. Yeah. But that's it. I haven't played any games. Oh, I did, um... I picked up Adventures of Pip, which I thought would be like this fun little <laughs> platformer. Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> it's kind of like a platformer meets like Super Meat Boy, <laughs> but not, not as precise. And I'm on the boss level of World 2. I haven't played it since. But there's so much lag going on that it mm-hmm. just, that's not fun. <laughs> right. So you're supposed to be, you actually have to bounce across all these different bullets as they're shooting out of a cannon to clear all these gaps. And with the lag, it's just it's just death after death for me. So <laughs> hopefully they get off of Twitter and stop promoting the sale of the game and, you know, maybe release a patch that fixes the lag. That would be awesome. Yeah. And then yeah, I, s- um, I was going through and I saw that on there and I just had this feeling. That's why I texted you. I was like, is Pip, you know, stupid hard? And you said yes. And I was like, yeah, we're passing on that one. Yeah, I mean... It didn't start off too bad. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is fun and easy. And then, so basically, you start off as a pixel, and you turn into a boy, and then you turn into a man with a sword. Uh-huh. And you can you can de-evolutionize to fit through like, gaps or... Okay. Um, there, there's weight-sensitive things. So there's all these little puzzles based around it, but you have to know when to do it. And they always leave it so you can power up again. Mm-hmm. But it, it gets really complex at times, and mm-hmm. you're never... Like, you can accidentally be too strong, and then you go to jump on something, and you completely sink instantly and die, and then you have to go back a couple screens. And, I mean, you have unlimited lives, so that's not, like, a factor into it. There's no time limit or anything like that. But you die fast, and it definitely feels like an iOS type of game. I think it came out on that first, but you can can buy upgrades and new items, but they're really expensive. Mm. Like, 3,000 coins, and you get... 40 coins a stage. Okay. So. Wow. I think I got one upgrade just from finishing world one. Hmm. And that was an, an extra heart. <laughs> so I could get hit one extra time. Wow. But then I'm saving up for the next one, which will cut prices down. Mm-hmm. But it's really expensive. But I'm like, it'd be stupid to buy anything but that. Right. Right. That's my thought process. And the only other thing I played was a Jamestown Plus. Okay. <clears throat> which is a shmup, which I love. Yeah. So I, I love the challenge and, you know, it, it it's hard. I mean, I was stuck in the last stage probably for about an hour. Mm. There's only like five stages plus you get two bonus stages. But like, I just couldn't even make it to the boss. It was that difficult. And then you learn the patterns and the flows. Yeah. But what I didn't like about it was you have a, uh, you start on medium difficulty. Well, you can do whatever difficulty. But if you do medium, you can only play the first three stages. And then to unlock stage four, you have to beat all of those three on hard. <laughs> and then to unlock the final stage, you have to beat them all on very hard. Because it's automatically set to very hard the last stage. So Okay. Th- there's no like learning curve for the last stage. You're just thrown into it at like a right. really hard difficulty. Jeez. So it took some time, but finally kicked its ass. I was all excited. Cool. 
and then I went through and played some of the challenges and stuff, but that's about it that I played. And then movie wise, I didn't really watch anything exciting. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can just check my letterbox. And I just, and I apologize for anyone that follows my letterbox because you probably just saw me add like a hundred movies to my watch list, <laughs> which means I completely bombed out of my first like media resolution. Right. Yeah. It was because <laughs> I started about your watch list. Yeah. I had like 120 to start. I was like, I want to get it down to half. Mm-hmm. But once I added all the stuff I actually owned and had on Netflix, it boomed up to like 198. Wow. So. Yeah, I was I mean, wondering what the hell you were doing. I was like, come on. <laughs> like, what are all these movies? And it took me like an hour and a half to do all of it, too. And I, because as I did it, I was moving my TV shows to the bottom of my Netflix queue. Hmm. Because I didn't want to change, like, the order of the movies, because that would be cheating. Yeah. But I figured I'll move the shows out of the way, so they're kind of less in the way. Right. Because I, I did land on, like, a show once yesterday, I think. And I'm like, I have to go back out. And, you know, I just started it from where I had stopped. And then just did, like, a quick little burst. Because mm-hmm. I have no idea what's... I know what the first movie is. Okay. Only because I see it all the time. Right. So the likelihood of hitting it is slim until about the end when I yeah. like do like a reversal through. <laughs> but but then I realized I have or I have first movies and sequels. So I was like, uh, I asked on Twitter, like, what to do if I land on a sequel? Do I watch that? But I would just seems... go. I you I my response was just to watch the original if you happen to land on a sequel. Yeah, yeah. If you hadn't seen so, it, obviously. I mean that makes sense. So and of course they're all like foreign films, like. And that, that's what sucks. Most of my Netflix queue is, you know, subtitled films. Yeah. And I just, well, I'm almost done with the act of killing. I have eight minutes left. But these that's da- the documentary, use, right? Yeah. Okay. They they use white subtitles. Oh. And there's so much white. <laughs> Jeez, I hate that. <laughs> I'm like, I can't fucking see it. Right. So then I get frustrated. That movie is just, like, you should see it just because it's so bizarre mm-hmm. and strange and just... It's on my list, yeah. It's about, I guess this filmmaker goes to, I don't know where they are, I don't really, I didn't pay that much attention to it, Mm -hmm. but basically this gangster, he's like 80 something now, he's old, Yeah, is reminiscing about all the like sadistic killings he did back in the day, but he's doing it at the same time as he's acting out his favorite movie scenes as well. (laughs) So it's interlocking the two together because he loves like super violent films like he grew up on them i guess Mm. so like Mm. it's just such a bizarre like relation because he'll go from like pretend killing people to talking about how he killed all these different people yeah mark have you seen that one no not yet what about you ash no no okay yeah, it's been on my list for a while. I just haven't, uh, I haven't actually hit play on it yet for whatever reason. But I've heard really good things about it. I mm-hmm. just, you know, sometimes it, I have to be in the right mind frame to watch something like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And that's why my Netflix little strategy is working for me so far. Yeah, I that's haven't been like, Ugh. right. And then, like for like Voodoo, I just go to the, I go to like the bottom of my list, like the oldest movie in my Voodoo account that I haven't watched before. Mm. I just pick that one. Okay. And then DVD, I just random whatever i'm in the mood for if i have something that's like the first film and then the sequels on netflix mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try it. like that's why i watched persona 3 part one today because i have part right. two on netflix because god forbid they have part one on <laughs> oh man but, but that's what i did today that's it that's all i've done i've been exercising and trying to eat better 
Yeah, that's awesome though. Very good. Cool. What about you, Ash? Do anything fun this past week? Uh, played some more Fallout Four. Um, I got my PlayStation ter- two terabyte hard drive installed, so I updated all my games and installed all that stuff, and finally got uh, around to starting Metal Gear Solid Five. That was a mistake. Uh, not Wait. because it's bad, but okay. because it it sucked me in, and that's <laughs> why so I've got that in Fallout Four. But I ended up I did end up watching a couple movies. Um. I uh, followed up on my New Year's resolution. I watched a couple of new movies I hadn't seen before. Uh, one was uh, Bang Bang, uh, which is the Bollywood remake of Night and Day. I love that uh, you've become our Bollywood expert over time here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Rithik Roshan's in it from Doom 2 and Kuzurish, and, uh, and obviously in Tom Cruise's role. And mm. they got Katrina Kaif, uh, who was the female lead in Doom 3, for the Cameron Diaz role. Um I the action's kind of fun. They did too much with CG in it. I mean, like way too much, and it's really bad CG. Oh. Um. So and and they've kind of got Rithic like all over the place as to how they had him acting. So it was really uneven. Mm. Um. But uh, I mean, it was okay. It's um, really long too, right? Yeah. Like two it, and it, a half. It, it, it's like two and a half. Yeah. They've got the intermission like they they usually do in the middle of it. Saying you can watch like half of it and stop and then watch the other half. Um, <laughs> it it was fun. It just it it it's like I could see where they were going with it, and it's like it takes way too long for some of the people to catch on. <laughs> um, and then I watched uh, the Hurt Locker, which I hadn't seen before. I uh, liked that one quite a bit. Cool. Um, that one was intense. Um, and I also knocked that off of one of my director's lists from last year that I hadn't touched like all year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, four falls of Buffalo, which was, uh, got added the second, which <clears throat> if you're an NFL person, definitely should watch because it's pretty yeah. good. Yep. Definitely going to add that one. I actually haven't, haven't added to my list yet cause I forgot, but I need to do that tonight. So I don't forget about it cause I really want to watch it. You yeah. do that all the time. You forget about things. I do. I'm like, this game's on sale. You got to grab it. Yep. Okay. And then like three weeks later, hey, is that (laughs) No. It was like a week. Thank you very much. (laughs) And it was that DLC that we talked about. You're like, I won't ever buy it. And then it was like dirt cheap. And then you found Yeah. Forza Horizon 2, the Storm Island DLC. I know I should have got it and I missed it. I didn't realize it was only a one day thing. Was it? It was either a one day or a week. I don't know. They Microsoft does weird things and. I don't understand them anymore. Yeah, I was on there because they had the week thing going and I saw all those. And so I imagine if it was because I think you told me about it after that started. That's why I think it was the day the daily one. But I don't know. I got it. Did you? I did. I'm jealous. It was dirt cheap. Why wouldn't I get it? (laughs) I was trying. I just was too late. Anyway, sorry to cut you off, Ash. That's fine. Uh, the last one I watched was uh, Chaos on the Bridge, um, which is a William Shatner directed and uh, presented uh, like behind the scenes of them making Star Trek The Next Generation, which I thought was kind of weird that huh. Captain Kirk was doing a behind the scenes of Next Generation. But uh, <laughs> uh, it was kind of, it was interesting. It's short. It's under an hour. Mm. Um, but they uh, it feels rushed. 
uh, like a lot of it. Like they could have added on like a half hour easily. Just they just go boom, boom, boom too fast through it almost. Oh, okay. Uh, but and there was like some tidbits and stuff that I hadn't heard before. Um, and I loved the behind the scenes crap. So it was it, right. it was interesting getting interviews from people that they'd never talked to before. Like the guy who basically like took over between in the middle of first season and second and through second season and a couple other things. So that was kind of interesting. And if you have any interest in Star Trek Next generation at all, I definitely take a look. Uh, they have a, co- a couple of cute stories and stuff like that, but yeah, it, it's, it's kind of amazing that the show ever got off the ground really uh, just from the behind the scenes stuff. So really, yeah. So if you have any interest in that, you know, check it out. Like I said, it's short, but yeah, yeah. But other than that, that was it. That was that. And I'm finally back down to five days of work week. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Woo. That's the good thing about the holidays being done is you guys get normal, normal schedules again, or relatively normal schedules. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mark, does your does does your job see a, a boom during the holiday season or is it kind of steady throughout the whole year? Um, Not me personally. In okay. my position where I live and work, it's pretty slow. Okay. Um, back where I used to work back in that, cause I moved to, to Quebec in uh, June of last year. Mm-hmm. So like I work Christmas Eve, I had a four hour lunch break. <laughs> oh, wow. If I was in Manitoba, I'd be lucky to get a 20 minute uh, coffee break. Okay. So yeah, my job, uh, it's completely off the charts compared to what I used to do. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm able to, to read about a book a week. It <laughs> just shows how busy I really am. <laughs> but good. if you know, shit, it's a fan. I'm ready. I'm good to go. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm more of a a reactive than proactive in my position. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's good. So, so Mark, did you do anything fun this past week or well, hell anything fun recently, I guess. Well, I went actually to Montreal yesterday because they've got a, one of their theaters has a 70 millimeter uh, projection. Oh, that's okay. Uh, Yeah. So I went to the hateful eight. I saw the roadshow, I guess, version of the hateful eight. Awesome. I enjoyed. Didn't get a chance to get one of their one of those special uh, uh, programs. They weren't available anymore. I guess they're only available for the first week in Canada. So oh, okay. I missed out on that. Hmm. But I saw the the seventy millimeter projection uh, version of it. La- After I left the theater, I loved it. Yeah. Thinking back on it though, I liked it a lot. But I don't okay. know if I loved the movie. I think I might have to see it again. Huh. Um. But, you know, like Jennifer recently was awesome as her character. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big Walton Goggins fan. You know, I like them from The Shield to his uh, his character in Sons of Anarchy, which I thought was hilarious, but well made. Mm-hmm. Um, he's awesome in uh, Devil's Rejects. And I thought he was amazing in this one as well. Okay. He's one of those guys where I just dig whatever he does. Mm-hmm. So in this film, I enjoyed a lot. Um, I like Kurt Russell. Sam Jackson was playing Sam Jackson, you know. <laughs> um I still Doesn't think Sam Tim Jackson always plays Sam Jackson. Right. <laughs> he, he does. It just depends. He's wearing a little bit of coat this time. He's wearing a <laughs> uniform, you know, but he's always playing himself. Like even I saw um, a big game, I guess last, yeah. almost two months ago at uh, my local independent theater. Mm-hmm. Now it's available on Netflix, but uh, you know, it's Sam Jackson playing the president of the United States, which is badass, but he's still like, his range is very limited. Right. You know, like, at least his his recent stuff. I just think it's him, you know, with depending on the amount of F bombs he drops, you know. Um <laughs> but, for like, yeah, Kingsman. Like, Kingsman. Yeah, or that he's <laughs> you know. So like whatever, you know. I did like him in Kingsman just because it was the fresh a uh, breath of fresh air. Um but yeah, no, so I, I like Hateful Eight, but I just don't think I love the dope. I want to see it again. 
Okay. I don't know if I'll go see it in the theaters again or if I'll just wait for the uh, Blu-ray. I don't know yet. Now, how was the the seventy millimeter? Like, how was how did that manifest? Like, did you notice that it was in seventy millimeter as opposed to what it normally would be, or is that Honestly, standard or what? Because I saw it in its second week, I know that the initial week when the first showings came through, that people were having, uh, they were on Twitter were saying there was issues with the viewing of it because nobody's run a seventy millimeter print in decades. Okay. Um, when I saw it, you know, second week, I think the, the run ends on the 7th of uh, January. Mm. So it was flawless to me. Had right. No, no problems. Um, the picture looked really good. You know, could I tell if it was the actual 70 millimeter? Only reason I knew it was 70 millimeter is that they had the intermission. Oh, okay. Apart from that, because I know that the reg- regular digital copy or mm. digital version doesn't. Um, okay. It looked fine to me. I, I, I couldn't have told you the difference. Uh, I know that the roadshow version has like an extra like 20 minutes oh wow uh, what's missed from the theatrical from the regular edition i don't know right because everything seemed in place um if if they took out 20 minutes i'm not sure why they would because i didn't feel anything was was padding you know um but again i, I liked it didn't love it no spoilers but it's yeah. worth checking out you know is it is it qt's best i don't think so mm-hmm. i think it's middle of the pack but Again, you know, my, I'm weird. I think Death Proof is one of his best films. So oh, love Death Proof. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like to me it's it's ranked high up there. So really I think when it comes to his movies, it's up to the viewer's discretion and mm-hmm. takes, you know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I drove, you know, two and a half hours to Montreal, drove back in a snowstorm, back <laughs> home. Uh, but it was totally worth it. Like I I would do it again. Yeah. Very Should cool. Wait until today because the weather was better today. Right. <laughs> the only film I've ever seen that had an intermission was the bless you was the grindhouse double feature with death proof and uh, planet terror that's the only film i've ever seen in theaters that had an intermission which i think is warranted because it would have been a four-hour viewing <laughs> right this yeah. like it was still two hours in some unless you know letterbox has you know for just a theatrical of the regular edition mm-hmm. which shows they, they have both minutes oh do they i'd have to look yeah. that up then um but it didn't feel that long where it needed an intermission okay um I could have done without one. Yeah. But that's just me. You know, I got a coffee and I was good to go again. So whatever. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I went to, when they did uh, my local theater back when I was in college, this was 95, 96. Mm-hmm. Uh, might've been 97 actually, even, uh, they had Pulp Fiction going around and the local theater managed to grab it, but they grabbed it while all of the college was out. So they had like four people in the showing. Uh, <laughs> 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 I happen to be one of them. Um, but they had like an intermission in the middle of that. It just like the house lights came up, went to black, and mm. it was just like a, this weird freaking part of the movie too, because it wasn't between any of the stories. And I was like, "What the hell? I don't remember an intermission on the videotape." But yeah, that'd be yeah. weird. Yeah. Huh. So they they had an intermission. It lasted about a minute and a half, and then they started the movie up again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now, did Titanic have an intermission when it was in theaters? No. No. Okay. I, I honestly don't know. I kind of shut off after the uh, car sex scene. I'm like, I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> We're going to get wet and the game's over. So, <laughs> What about you, Chris? See anything with intermissions? Uh, gods and Generals. Oh, okay. I worked at a theater and we got it. So you actually had to use the intermission to like change the reel because the reel was too big. Okay. So you actually had to re-splice the bottom reel in and have it feed into the other now empty platter. Yeah. Wow. Now, Chris, you've seen Hateful Eight. What did you think about it? 
Uh, I, I'm actually agreeing with Mark on it. Okay. Um, I was surprised by his score because I checked. Well, I didn't check your letterbox, but it showed up in my feed, mm-hmm. and I gave it a three and a half as well. Mm-hmm. Um, love Jennifer Jason Lee in it, and I really enjoyed Tim Roth's character, hmm. which but, I still think it should have been. It, it seemed it was written for uh, Christoph Waltz. And yes. maybe he just yeah. couldn't do it because of Spectre. I don't know. But it just, like, Tim Roth did a good job in it. I still think Waltz was the guy. He seemed too too much like his character in uh, Django. Right. You know? That yeah, might that's, be why he yeah. didn't do it. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe yeah, he's tired of getting I, Oscars, too. Who knows? Uh, well, <laughs> it, it, I, I remember the only reason he did Django is because he wanted to do the Tarantino movie, but he wanted to be the good guy. So, <laughs> oh, that makes so, sense. Yeah, yeah, that's the only reason he really did Django. But so I don't know if maybe he just wanted to do something different or what. Very good. Now, Mark, you and you and Chris both, you've watched a lot of movies so far this year. I feel like anything else that's worth talking about that you've seen this year? Uh, yeah, you know, like I, I go like on on rushes when it comes to films, just because you know <laughs> I'm watching TV box sets as well, and you know okay. I want to find time to play games and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, like just in the last uh, day or so, like today, I also watched the uh, results. Okay, which I follow uh, Magnet releasing on Twitter, so I knew about this film. And I used to do, uh, I used to have a personal trainer when I used to go to the gym, uh, back in Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just because this was like a, a, a gym personal training, you know, movie, I was like kind of curious about it. Plus, Fully Smothers in it from, uh, from Avengers and from How Much Your Mother okay. and Guy Pierce, which I like Guy Pierce. Yeah. Uh, too bad the movie sucked. I hated <laughs> the film. Oh, no. Uh, it's about, you know what, personal trainers are a little neurotic, they're in their heads, and mm-hmm. they have to keep an image up. And this shows them being stripped down and being as insecure as people that they train, mm-hmm. which I totally get, because everybody's insecure. Um, I just didn't like most of the people in the movie. You know, oh, Guy Pierce's yeah. character was the only one I actually enjoyed. Um, just because he seemed like the voice of reason, or like, just like the guy who was, the guy you want to root for. Uh, Coldest Mother's character didn't like um, the other actor in the film, uh, which the name escapes to me now. He plays one of the clients that they both use. Um, he was in he was in Fringe. He was in uh, he's in a bunch of things. I can't remember right now, but I hated his character. Hmm. You can check it later on. Um, yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. The movie just didn't do anything for me, like nothing at all. So, okay. but I'm OCD where, you know, if I start something for me to put on my letterbox, I have to finish it. Right. <laughs> you know? So, so I, I slugged through it and yeah, wasn't that great. Um, last one that I started this year was the ABCs of death Two. Oh, right. Yeah. Which it's been on my, on my list to watch for a long time. Um, first one I thought was just Okay. Um, the most I can come, I, I take away from it is the whole furry scene because I just, I go to bed at night and it's, it's in my eyelids. It's, <laughs> uh, you know, um, so maybe that's why I, I kind of held off on watching number two right away. Mm-hmm. That said, it is so much better than the first one. Okay. Uh, the first one has gems. I just find this one has more gems, especially in the second half of the film. Okay. Uh, starting at letter M, I, I thought like there was more from M to Z that was good than a to uh before <laughs> yeah l, l so uh yeah um i enjoyed the second half a lot more especially uh z uh which i won't say what it is if people at home like to play the game where you don't guess what the letter or what the word is to go with the letter okay um, i thought z was fantastic um i thought m was really good s was really good 
Um, so I would recommend ABC's Death 2. And I watched the whole credits just because like nine minutes of credits because it's 26 shorts. And uh, apparently they're doing ABC's a Death 3, which is supposed to come out in 2016. If huh. that project is still on the uh, uh, is still happening, I don't know. I didn't follow up with it just because I just watched it like right before we started. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of excited to see three just because two is much better than one. Very good. Now, now, Chris, have you? I think I feel like you've seen ABC's of Death two and weren't a big fan. Or am I wrong? No, you're right. I, I didn't okay. really. I like the first one more. Okay. I, I always find those like the anthology type of films. I always they're either hit or miss with me. Mm-hmm. And, so I enjoyed the first one. I didn't really care for the second one that much, but again, now, I probably just tuned out. So probably around letter M, I probably was <laughs> right off in La La Land and something else. <laughs> like now, I was watching when I was watching Star Wars, like the second time, there was a point where I was just watching it, <clears throat> and like my mind wandered to something else. The next thing I knew, we're like five minutes further into the movie than I last remembered. I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> but I do that all the time while watching stuff. Now, which film franchise do you think is stronger, the VHS series or the um, ABCs of Death? Oof, you know what? Well, VHS, VHS has an sucked. extra one. Yeah, yeah, VHS Viral sucked. I was so okay. disappointed with that one because I liked one. I thought two was great. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, one was great as well. I'm in a minority, I guess, in this because I, I liked- thought I, I thought one was very strong and two two was I think just slightly better just because of a wraparound story. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated the reference direction on two. Hmm. You know, I think it's mostly on, on the on the same page that I think about it because I like the reference around one with the guys uh, breaking to the house. Mm-hmm. Or was that two? No, that was one. That was one. That was one. And then and then was, two was yeah. the guys, you know, uh, doing the whole like you know viral video thing, which I hated. <laughs> and then three, which which was viral about the guy running around with that ice cream truck running around, going around the block, which I just didn't understand. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe I'm, you know, I'm, as I'm getting older, I'm getting more retarded. I don't know. <laughs> I just didn't get it, you know? Um, but I You're think not the because... Only one. Good. So I think, uh, I think we're on the same footing just because viral sucked. Okay. It all depends. If you see a death three is as good as two and one, um, I think eventually it'll become the forefront, but mm-hmm. right now I'm still going to go with VHS just because I just find they're longer short stories, you know, like yeah. you're not getting bumped with 26 letters. Right. It's four stories. Three of them are usually good. So I'll have to go with virus, but just by a bit. Awesome. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, Chris? They, um, I, I agree with that. The, the third VHS is really bad. They actually cut the short from it. I don't know why. I don't know. Oh, I didn't know that. I remember your review on this. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they they cut a short out and like my favorite. There is a solid story in there. It's the um, interdimensional one. Yes, with the, I didn't enjoy that. That was really good. That one's great. I won't ruin it for anyone because it has some like really great special effects. And That's the only saving but, grace of viral. Hmm. Yeah, but I, if I remember correctly, this one opens with like the magician fighting or something mm-hmm. stupid. Yeah, yeah, that was awful. I hated the. The effects were bad. I don't know if I, don't I think know. it was I only. Th- hmm? Yeah, I didn't mind the concept. No, you're I right. I was, I was just, I'm trying to remember. I just remembered. Uh, I have seen all three of you. Just yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and then the, the last one I hated with the zombies and the skate park or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, that was horrible. But now it wasn't. Uh, I think I remember in your review you saying that the best short was actually the one that was cut from it because it was in the credits or post credits or something. 
I don't remember. No, okay. It, I might it's be been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Ash? Because I haven't seen Viral. I've seen VHS and VHS 2, but I've not seen Viral. See, I went, I watched Viral after Chris like ripped on it, so mm-hmm. I went in with like absolutely abysmal expectations, right. and I and I actually kind of liked it. Okay, it wasn't great. Like the first one was fantastic. Loved the first one. Loved, I liked most of the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I did love the interdimensional. The interdimensional one in Viral is absolutely outstanding. That's probably the better, best part of that. But yeah, the skateboarding section was so stupid. Was like, <laughs> really? But I think the wraparound story was just so bad, too, that it detracts from everything else. I just didn't get yeah. the ending of that story. I, I didn't I, get I, it either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was weird. But I, I, I've only seen ABC's of Death 1, and I didn't watch the second one just because the stories are so short. Most mm-hmm. of them just didn't like they don't have enough time to do much. And but I, I like this for fart. What what more do you need? <laughs> no, no, no. But I, and I I think the VHS format's a little bit stronger storytelling because they actually can do more with it because they got more. They have more time. Mm-hmm. So I, I I like that more for that. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I think the VHS viral though is you know the whole concept is you know they find this old VHS tape or. You know, it's filmed on old cameras, and when it's viral, it gets uploaded right away. Uh, I, I don't know. I just think with the third one, they kind of walked away from their concept. Name it something else. Right, right. Now, what is the one? It's like they, they go into, uh, I think, the final stories. They they go into this house. It's supposed to be a party, and it that's turns into. That's the first one. That's the first one. Okay. Yeah. Actually, okay. is it, though? Is it, no? Well, which one's the one where it's the the, the uh, slumber party with the aliens? Is that one or two? That's one, I think, right? That's, so I think that's one. They might both be one. I don't know now. Yeah, I'm mixing them up now. Yeah, me too. It's been a while since I've seen either of them, but I haven't. I actually, I was looking at it the other day. I was thinking I should watch this again because it was sitting up on my shelf, but I need to do that because I want to, <laughs> I got to get my mind right. They're fun. You know, like mm-hmm. it's, in number two, I think the only one I didn't like so much was uh, the first segment. The one with the recording eyeball, I just thought that one was the weakest, and the rest is really strong. You know, like mm-hmm. the zombie attack with the guy on the BMX bike with the GoPro. I thought it was kind of cool, but it's not really a VHS style story, right? You know? So I don't know, mm. but yeah, they're worth a rewatch, I think. Yeah, except definitely. for the three. <laughs> so, Mark, I have a question for you, real quick. Shoot, no, no one else will know what it is, but your Skype image—what is that? Because it made me laugh when I saw it. Oh, I don't know what I look. Oh, that's uh, that's it, Petty Mullen from Frankenhooker. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I've used that picture as an avatar on the old room work boards back when message boards were a thing, and uh, I that's yeah, I've used it ever since. I'm also I'm debating getting that actually as a tattoo, just oh. because it's 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 something that I'm attached to for you know it's been over a decade now. So yeah, that, that's Petty Mullen from Frankenhooker. I've never cool. seen Frankenhooker, but I was looking oh, at it. Oh, like, you're missing out. It's good. <laughs> I was like, Actually, what uh, is this? Yeah, uh, the, the uh, Jeff, uh, James Lawrence, the lead actor in the film, he's actually going to be at uh, Cinema Wasteland in April, which oh. I've already met, but now I have an original Frankenhooker poster that's already been signed by Petty Mullen. So I'm going to bring it back and get him to sign it as well to have the two leads signed on it. Oh, I'm very excited for it. See, One now, of the I, best guests I've ever met. Yeah. 
I feel like I've I've done the listeners disservice. We haven't really introduced you. Uh, they don't really know you at all, and that's fine. You know, follow him on Twitter. Um, yeah. Say uh, spell out your Twitter your name on there so people know. Yeah, uh, my Twitter handle is uh, it's mnado zero two. So that's uh, m n a d e a u zero two. Uh, so it's a combination of the initial of my first name and my last name and just zero two because zero one was taken. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, big horror fan. I've been into the genre since I remember going to, you know, rental stores as a kid and going and looking at the VHS boxes and getting scared. And, uh, yeah, I've been doing conventions for over a decade now. I met a whole bunch of friends on the actual Rumorg website and, uh, we became fast friends and we get together twice a year and now we go to Cleveland for Cinema Wasteland. Which is a hoot. Yeah, you so always fuck it up. I want to go. I need to go one year. Oh, it's fantastic. You know, it's so carefree. It's not like one of those organized um, conventions where you have to pay 40 bucks for an autograph and 40 bucks for a picture. Right. right. You know, you pay for your three day pass. Um, you go see the stars. You know, uh, you can talk with somebody to one to the stars, you know, at their table for like 20 minutes, mm. get a picture at the table for free. Um, the people are awesome. Most of the weekend, it's a three-day thing. Um, most of the time, we're outside in the parking lot drinking. You know, like <laughs> you think it's the, we use the the actual event now as just a waypoint of okay, every six months we get together. Right. So, like for, for my circle of friends, it's more of a get together, mm-hmm. and then hey, look, there's a convention happening. And then after <laughs> the convention, you know, like this year, what we're planning on doing is we're going to stay there for five days, okay. have one day for the event, have the three days for the event, and on the Sunday it's WrestleMania. We're staying oh. together. So watch WrestleMania together. Oh, so, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, like, yeah, you go there once, you become family. It's great. Everybody's awesome. <laughs> you know, and it's, like, it's it's all in the hotel. It's all the, at the Holiday Inn in Strongsville. Okay. So you, you get a room, you leave your stuff there, except for your backpack full of beverages. Hmm. You walk around with a beverage in your hand. It's accepted. It's cool. You give beverages to the, to the guests, you know, <laughs> it's a great time. That's awesome. So this is why Mark's a great person to have on the show. Because not only is a huge horror fan and very knowledgeable in the horror genre and film in general, also a big wrestling fan, which uh, I always appreciate. So, yes. and I'm also a pervert. So yeah, I cover <laughs> just everything. like all of us. That works out perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's everything. Uh, excellent. Yeah. And, uh, the reason I thought of that is because you're you're a huge uh, poster collector as well, right? Yes, yes. Unfortunately, my current place here, it's a little smaller, so I don't have them all uh, on my walls. Okay. But yeah, I've, I've been collecting posters for a few years now, and that's my thing, though. When I go to conventions, instead of getting like an 8 by 10 in the picture, mm-hmm. I'll get an original poster signed, and then you look awesome on the wall in the frame. And, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think yeah, I'm into- you had the, do you have the Road Games poster? Was that? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, I bought that this year. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember seeing that. I mean, the poster is just awesome and it has Jamie it's Lee Curtis cool. in it. Like, I did, I still want it. It's on my Amazon UK list to purchase. I haven't done it yet, but I need to. Yeah, yeah. I love like the 70s and 80s stuff. Like today's posters, not so much, but let's say there's, you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy, there's like a three or four stars from the movie going to one of those pop cons. Mm-hmm. I'll probably pick one up and get it signed. Actually, I, you know, I did buy one. I got a Spanish one, oh, which cool. is way too big for my house, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if ever like, oh, I'd love to meet Karen Gilliam, who played the um, the sister of Gamora in the film. Okay, to meet her, I thought she was badass in the film to get it signed. That'd be like the bee's knees. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, love me, love my posters. But I've been, I've slowed down a bit. I did buy one of those insert posters for Joysticks because okay. the director of Joysticks is going to be at Wasteland uh, in April. So, oh, very cool. Which is also my birthday weekend. So we should all come down and uh, watch wrestling and, and horror movies and and have. 
Stanford. It'd be lots of fun. Absolutely. That's only a three-hour drive for me. I probably bought an hour and a half for for Ash. It'd be a little oh, bit longer for, for Chris. Yeah, it's, oh. it's about seven yeah. hours for myself. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's seven it's hours. Like- 11 no it's probably less than 11 because it's what 11 to you brandon yeah about 11 to me yeah so probably yeah, about so. uh eight or so probably uh, Why this is the first time where i'm actually driving because i'm closer oh but, okay uh, it's it's worth the flight it's it's an absolute blast you mm-hmm. meet great people and friends for life awesome very good mm-hmm. yeah so what weekend is it uh this year is i think it's april 1st or the 3rd because the Sunday is the third, and that's for Somina. Yeah, so it's the first weekend of April. Okay. Yeah, week after uh, Easter. Very good. Catholics and Christians over there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, so let me, uh, real quick, I didn't do too terribly much this past week. I am kind of in transition. I just got my uh, projector, so I've been wanting to watch a lot down there. I watched, uh, finished season one of the 100, which I uh, am thoroughly enjoying. We're going to start season two tomorrow. So we're caught up in time for um, season three to premiere. And then I watched Minions, which in my review went live on the website today. And we watched uh, Godzilla, finished watching Godzilla. My cousin, or my niece and nephew came over and they wanted to watch Godzilla. So we put Godzilla back on. And uh, also obviously the Evil Dead remake. And so watching the Evil Dead remake in my basement alone at night was a blast <laughs> on the big screen. So, but you didn't want to join you. No, she definitely did not want to join me. <laughs> she's missing out. I know she's not big into gore. And, uh, if she, if you're not into gore, you're not going to watch, want to watch the evil dead remake. I'll tell you what I've watched that. That was the third time, at least the according to letterbox, that's the third time I've watched that movie. Okay. And that movie still makes me freaking squirm. It hmm. was like in a couple of scenes. It's just like, Oh God. Yep. Which is uh, perfect transition. Let's jump into our review of Evil Dead, which was released in 2013, directed by uh, Fede, F-E-D-E, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce that, uh, but Alvarez. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, but I didn't do any research, but I believe this is the guy who posted that short film. It was on YouTube. It was a, like a, a science sci-fi film. He posted on YouTube, and that's basically what won him the job. Is that is this the correct Alvarez guy I'm thinking of? That sounds, sounds correct. Plausible. Okay. Yeah. I thought um, this was the guy that did the ruin, but I could just be wrong. Oh, and I don't think so. Uh, he didn't no, do the ruin. I think it's different he, he did some. Uh, he did episode eight of the From Dust Till Dawn season one. Okay. And Evil Dead, and that's all it's in his. Well, that's all that's in his filmography. On yeah, that's right. what I thought. I knew this was like his only film, so I'm pretty yeah, sure short films, and then it's Evil Dead. So. Yep, exactly. Okay, so now this was also um, from uh, what is it? Ghost House Pictures, Ghost House Underground, mm-hmm. which is run by uh, Ramy, or I guess Ramy and um, Campbell are producers, correct? Yeah. Okay. So now. Before we dive in, just just warn, fair warning, just like all of the every other movies we discussed up to this point, there is going to be spoilers galore for both Evil Dead, uh, probably the entire, basically the entire Evil Dead universe at this point, because we're kind of reaching the end now. So just fair warning in advance. So before we dive into the review, let's talk about what our history is with the film. Um, I'll start. I watched this movie once, probably the year it came out, and uh, I actually fell asleep for the middle of it, and woke up at the end and that was it. And I had never really watched it since then. So that's the only time I've really watched this film. And I can't even really count it as a watch as a viewing because I fell asleep. But so I kind of went into this 
not 100% blind, but kind of half blind. So that's my um, history with this one. Ash, you said you've seen the film. This is your third viewing now? Yeah, I saw it once, uh, I think, opening weekend. Okay. Uh, when it was in theaters, and then when I got the Blu-ray, and then... Um, Actually, that's probably the fourth time then. Okay. Technically, because watched the watched it when we got the Blu-ray, and then I watched it again last year for the Cinefashion Summer Challenge, and then mm-hmm. obviously watched it today. So. Okay, very good. And what about you, Chris? How what's your history with this movie? Uh, this is probably like the fourth time I've seen it. Uh, I actually saw it opening day. Okay. I had to. I have to go see it. I love it. Um, <laughs> But funny enough, I looked on my Facebook memories because Facebook does a, you know, what you've posted today. And I guess mm-hmm. today I actually posted the Red Band trailer for this. Oh, so okay. Three years ago. So I guess three years ago, the Red Band trailer came out. Perfect. So How fitting. Yeah. And then I probably watched it right when I got the Steelbook. Yeah. That's what I have. I probably watch it like once a year. So. Okay. Very good. And what about you, Mark? Your history with the film? Yeah, it came out near my birthday, uh, I guess in 2013. So I remember going with a bunch of friends, whatever girl I was dating at the time, I can't remember her name. And uh, <laughs> my best friend, uh, Paul, and uh, his uh, soon-be uh, wife, uh, Jess, and some theaters, so I got nice and loaded. Knew what I was going into. I loved it. Um, and then I watched it again when it came out on Blu-ray. I got to still look as well. And then I watched another two times just to get ready for this here tonight. Yeah. Uh, with commentary and without so. Yeah, so yeah. about four four viewings now. Awesome! I'm excited to see if you have any um, knowledge to spread from the commentary because I didn't uh, I didn't get the chance yeah. to watch it with the commentary. So yeah, I took notes, but really nothing mind blowing. Yeah, well, yeah. that's cool. Perfect. So let's start off talking about some pros of the film. Um, Chris, Ash, Mark, anybody want to jump in? What what's what's something that pops out to you that you really is kind of the first thing you need to talk about when you talk about the Evil Dead remake, if you're finding something positive to say about it. Well, the practical effects, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the lack of CGI, there's still some in the film, but it's right. mostly practical effects, and it shows, and it's amazing, and I love it. Yeah, I would definitely, definitely agree with you there. I mean, like like you were saying, Ash, the there are so many moments, and I have seen so many horror films and so many gross horror films. And there's so many moments that still, even with my, you know, quote unquote, desensitization, I still was cringing, just thinking, oh my God, like this is working so well. It's so gross. So I think definitely the, the number one pro here would have to be talking about the practical effects. Um, is there a major con that pops up just as, as quickly as that pro does or no? Yes. Okay. What 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 would you say that would be? Um, the resuscitation. Hate that. It's, oh, it's uh, clock, at the end of the film. Face. Yeah. With, yeah. The, with the battery. Yeah, I just hate that yep. entire sequence. Yeah, I think, uh, and I'll I'll definitely agree there as well because it, the film seemed seemed to kept building and getting better, getting better, and then all of a sudden he resuscitated. I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? First off. I may have missed it, but where did he get the idea to do this? And then second, the it's book. like, why? Is that what it the, was from there, the book? There, there are three ways that you can stop the curse. Mm-hmm. Or, is uh, I'm flambe, burn her to death. <laughs> yeah. There was dismemberment. Uh, and then the other one was to bury her alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he picked the bury her alive method because then he could, in theory, resuscitate her. I don't know. I'm still not connecting the dots, but maybe I'm just being dense. 
Well, yeah, I don't remember hearing about, about this. They, they, Eric, Eric talks to David about it. Um, yeah. And pretty in depth, and then they show pictures from the book and everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, these are remake only rules. I don't think they were actually uh, available in the original trilogy. Um, so yeah, and obviously they'll he'll use the barrel so it'll bring back to life, and she'll still be pretty. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I like how right from the beginning, the, the opening scene is is going to tell us immediately that this is not the original three films. The tone is different. The uh, atmosphere is just completely different. The energy is completely different. Um, but right from that opening scene, you get that these are going to be some awesome and brutal special effects right from that opener. Um, mm-hmm. Like I knew that the daughter was going to change and, you know, start obviously was going to be the deadite, but it's still, once it happened, I just got a big smile on my face and I was still taken by it. Like I really enjoyed that. And especially um, the way the the father, you know, was, he was getting choked up saying, I love mm-hmm. you baby before he, you know, gets rid of her, right. you know, like, you, you know, this movie's going to be hard. It's like, it, this is like, this was only like, I think a 14 a in Canada, but like okay. a hard R in the U S because yeah. I don't know, whatever, but <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a hard R. Right. I, yeah. I, I imagine they had to trim some of this actually to get it to R. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah, j- just the way, just the way they did it, and you know, you had the person who was uh, uh, the burn victim in, in the crowd. You had the lady who, according to the commentary, she was talking Welsh when she's okay. talking in tongues. You know, um, it, it just it, it was grimy. It was it was dark. It looked gross. It was fantastic. You know. It, this was not going to be your your daddy's evil dead, you know. Right. No slapstick here. So yeah, yeah I, I just loved it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of my biggest takeaways is that there's this is not comedic. There's nothing comedic about this, and you nothing. that's just what they hit you with to start. And I love that. I thought that was just uh, unless you're depraved like I am, and you find humor <laughs> in the torture that they go through. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, that's that's talk about <laughs> later on. But yeah, so it's Probably, funny when it's not yeah. supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, probably the the only part that I laugh is when Eric absolutely loses his shit when because <laughs> David's like, and everything, everyone's gonna be fine. And Eric's like, fine. We're not gonna be fine. You know? Nothing has been fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, that that's funny. Um, one of the pros I do have to mention is I mean, mm-hmm. practical effects. The sound design and the oh, score my God. for this movie are fantastic. And yep. I, you know, I remember, I don't remember the experience in the theater per se. In my home theater, I just got like a little, uh, just a sound bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's, oh, it's still creepy there. Today I watched it with my uh, head, headset. I've got a 7.1 surround sound headset. Okay. And that movie fucking creeped me out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't notice it the first three times I watched this movie. When they first get to the freaking cabin. There's a really subtle, and it's and it's the line from the first two movies. Join us, and it's like <laughs> yes. right on the wind, and it goes from left to right, and it does it again. And I'm just like, oh my god! And I <laughs> caught it first three times I watched the movie, mm-hmm. and I caught it today. I'm like, and I kept listening for like little cues. There's like little tiny ones kind of spread throughout the movie, but yeah, the the sound design definitely helps the visuals throughout the whole film for this. But yeah. I agree with that. that was that was one thing I wrote down. It was very reminiscent of uh, how James Wan handles a lot of his films, uh, specifically Insidious. It's not so. It was the the use of the music, but when he chooses to use silence, and then it just hits you. I thought was excellent. 
less is more. And then you right. know, when it comes, it's jarring, you know, yeah. to, to unsettle you. And I love that. Right. Now, I'm noticing Chris is a little quiet, which is unusual. No, I'm, I'm just I'm taking it off. No, okay. I agree. Okay. Okay. I didn't know if you had a different opinion or not that you were... Yeah. Okay. That, that I think, um, he, they used the Spielberg method that Spielberg used with Jaws. Like, um, oh, yeah. basically, the shark always had a theme throughout most of the movie. Mm-hmm. And at, at some point, they stopped using the music. Uh, but you don't notice it as an audience member until the shark... <laughs> pops out of you out of the you know out of the water at you right you didn't cue that it was coming mm-hmm. just to scare the shit out of you uh <laughs> and i think they did that a couple times with this too but yeah what i love is um because i was i mean in my in my basement in the the how loud it is like one of the cons to the the surround system i bought was that it's too bassy <laughs> i mean i don't yeah. think it's too bassy but like this film it really you really feel the bass you really feel how powerful that music is um and uh, i love that about it um but there's just some i jump with uh you know jump scares I, they get me all the time I, I i like them for what they are but this film it creep it scared me by its use of just its creepy moments um the rape in the wood with the woods um when she's back in the room and she looks in the mirror um the dog i mean the list just goes on and on I mean, I was j- like just unsettled. It was a, f- a frightening experience, which I really uh, haven't had in a while. And I really enjoyed that about it. See, I have a bit of a different take on it because okay. I've seen so much that very little mm-hmm. scares me anymore. Like yeah. when I have nightmares, they're financial. I lost my job. I can't afford my house, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so when it came to this one, just because it was getting so brutal and, you know, the, the jump scares, you just jump at jump scares because, you know, you're not expecting it. Right. But to have the actual, like, the gore and whatever comes comes next, I got excited because I'm like, what are they going to do <laughs> to break the bear? What are they, or how far are they going to go with this, you know? Mm-hmm. So instead of me being afraid in this film, I was like, edge of my seat, excited. Like, yeah. I'm a monster truck show. How many cars is he going to crash, you know? <laughs> so that's what I love about it. It's like, where are we going to take this? Okay, so you're at this bar. Are you going to want the following bar? Oh, they did. Okay, so what now? You know. So I thought I felt bad for the people in the woods mm-hmm. uh, because the way they died is horrible, and right. I feel bad for saying I loved every minute of it because <laughs> I was like, yes, it's twenty well twenty thirteen at the time, mm-hmm. and they're doing gore like they haven't done in a long time. Right. And you know, people poo poo on this movie just because you know it's not like the the original trilogy. I say, bring it on. I want to see more of this because I, this is exactly what I wanted. This, this film, I thought brought me back a lot to the French new wave scene mm-hmm. where, you know, like haute tension and uh, things like Calvaire where people, you know, like it was brutal. It was dark. It was grimy. And I thought this was very similar. Now I know you, you know, said the, uh, high tension was the one. What was the second film? Yes. Uh, it's this film called Calvaire or Calvert. Uh, it's got Vincent Castell. Oh, is it Vincent Castell? Um, it's a, it's about this this. Oh, I haven't seen this in years, but I have it on DVD. Um, it's this French film where this guy goes to some. Oh, you know, I'd have to get the box to be uh, to be honest with you here. But it, 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 if I remember, it, I, I guy pretty much gets uh, captured. He he does like a a wedding thing, or he's like a wedding singer, or like a rental singer type of thing. Goes to a small French town. He gets captured, and he becomes either. This guy's uh, sex toy or the town bitch or some stupid thing. <laughs> but 
And he in 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 the whole movie is his plight to get away from that situation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you know, even like Inside, Inside is a another French film. It's mm-hmm. it's gory, it's dark, it's visceral. It doesn't hide. And I thought this film was very similar to it, you know, uh, a yeah. decade later and not in France. But I thought it had the same feel, and that's what I really enjoyed because I love that French new wave scene. I think it's fantastic. Like Martyrs, like they're remaking mm-hmm. Martyrs now. Um, I heard some kind of so-so things about the Martyrs remake. I haven't seen it yet. Um, okay. I only saw Martyrs once, loved it, but it's messed up. And I like messed up films. Mm-hmm. Not the real stuff messed up. Like I can take away, like if I see something in real life, I won't like it. But if it's in a film scene or if it's in a film uh, s- scenario, you know, I'll, I'll eat it up. You know? Right. Um, so this, it being so gory and so visceral, I, I just love this song. You know, I was like, you show me more. I was yeah. silent, you know. Yeah, Martyr, Martyr, speaking of Martyrs, I'll just touch on that real quick. That's mm. a film that I need to watch again because I just, I, I didn't like it the first time I, I saw it. And uh, everyone rants and raves about how great it is. And I just feel like I missed something. So it's one I need to watch again. And I need but, to watch it. I've only seen the one time as well mm-hmm. because it seems like it's a different film halfway through. Yeah, you know, oh, so, absolutely. So, yeah, it, it totally deserves a rewatch. I don't think I've, like, I bought it on Blu-ray. I don't think I watched it on Blu-ray. I just saw it the one time and, and that's it. So it yeah. totally deserves a rewatch as well in my books. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm with Mark. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did, but there were some things that I didn't like and it, one we already touched down just bringing the the sister being brought back I didn't like that the other thing is that what was his name David he was he's definitely not as strong a character as Ashes I feel like if they tried carrying the film with David it wouldn't have worked that's why I'm glad they kept the other characters around a lot longer than what they do with uh, Ash in the original yeah he's not a hero right he's a coward he ran away Mm-hmm. And now he's trying to, you know, patch things up with his family by coming back to help his sister Mia. Uh, but no, he he's no hero in this film. Definitely, um, Chris. What do you, I, I am I'm in the minority. I actually like the resurrection sequence. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I I don't necessarily like that she comes back completely healed. Yeah. Uh, but on the same token, um, you know, we get to see her bad side come back at the end of it anyway, and come mm-hmm. after her. So I I. I don't know. I, I liked I liked the at least he tried to do something with it, and I loved that the 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 Raimi throwbacks. Um, we got we got two of them in this movie, the the quick shot close ups of yep. them building something or going through stuff, and where yeah. he's like where he's first chaining up the the basement door, right. and then the other one was where he's putting together the the defibrillator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, the, I love the little the little Remy nod to those both those sequences there. Yeah, and we even get two one-liners at the very end where she's like feast on this and then she says and go back to hell, bitch. I like those. I think those are the only two one-liners in the in the movie that I saw at least. Yeah. As much as I thought that end sequence was strange, I really love just from a I don't know, an effects standpoint or just from a, a visual standpoint, the raining blood, I thought was really cool. I thought it was a really good yeah. idea. It looked like the actors were miserable, which adds to the scene. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing that was confusing me was how is this the deadite after Maya is you know, resurrected? How is the deadite still using Maya's body if Maya's standing out? You know, if Maya's here 
how is this person coming through with Maya's body? I thought that was kind of confusing to me. Maybe something I just missed. They don't really explain that. I think it, uh, I don't necessarily think it would have come up with Maya in possession of Maya in the first place. I think it just looked like her because she was the last one left. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I what think, they did it at the end there is that they had the five sacrifices, you know, the four people and the dog. Mm-hmm. And that was the resurrection of whatever devil demon that it was supposed that, you know, that segment or those deaths were supposed to bring back. It just had her face. Oh, okay. Because she because I guess it embodied her, but since she was you know, she's been reborn as herself again, that it's got her likeness, but that's not her. That's just the form that the uh the entity is uh is uh, is used yeah it, okay. it only had a face yeah it only right. had a face the body is not it's human shaped but it's definitely not human mm-hmm. yeah yeah one of the coolest um i mean there's so many just really cool uh practical effects but i really liked the um the tongue when she cut her tongue in half i mean oh, that yeah. made squ- squirm and then yeah. It wasn't enough. She, I, uh, I can't remember. It was David's girlfriend. It wasn't enough for her to cut off her arm. They had a, sh- they, the camera scrolls over and they see her arm cut off, but it's hanging by like a flap of skin and then eventually just falls to the ground. I like, that's just, I, I don't know, brilliant filmmaking in terms of gore. I loved that about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So many cool moments like that. Yeah, this is one movie where you don't want to eat a corned beef sandwich at the same time. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. That's uh, one of the things that I think um, kind of overlooked with this one. This one is really well shot. Like Mm -hmm. all of the shots, they're very careful where they put the camera lighting where the set looks. This is, it's, it's definitely not the low budget evil dead films, you know, we're used to. This is more like the other remakes that we've gotten before where they, they kind of take it seriously and actually like put a lot of effort into making things look good on, on screen. Mm -hmm. I think that helps quite a bit. It has a very big budget feel, but Mm -hmm. they find that griminess, that dirtiness that brings it back to the, to the level that, you know, like we want to see, I feel like. Excellent. So, um, any other thoughts, go ahead and throw any other thoughts out there. If you guys have them. Well, I think Jane Levy, who plays Mia, mm-hmm. she is the breakout star of this film. Like, I loved every aspect of her uh, character. Um, you know, when she's talking to David in the bunk bed after she was, was she assaulted by the trees at that point? I think she yeah. was. Yep. And just yeah. her, her cadence and mm-hmm. the look on her face and just her eyes. She does so much with her eyes in this film. Yeah. I, I think she's amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know her part to this, and she hasn't done much that I probably watched since. But I thought she, she she carried the film. You know, the special effects in her that made the movie for me. Yeah, I thought she did excellently. The one thing um, I would have, I would love to have seen more of a range in the character. But I mean, the way the character's written, there's not really any place for because she's already she's at a low when she gets there. Because which I thought was really cool. The the reason they're there is to detox her. I thought mm-hmm. was a good reason to get everybody there. So she starts low and then just gets lower as opposed to having any upswing, really. Um, and so, yeah, I thought that was it's a very difficult thing to do as an actor. And I thought yeah. she did a wonderful job with it. And that scene in particular, her, with the way she's talking to her brother and you just tell like 
if I was that brother, that act, you know, that character has convinced me I'm taking her home. Um, yeah. But obviously, that's he. She didn't convince him, and so and the fact that she becomes the hero of the film at the end, right? You know, and that she can actually chainsaw the entity with one <laughs> hand because her hand got ripped off because it fell, the car fell on it. Mm-hmm. Wow! Like I didn't expect her to be the uh, the savior at the end. Right? Yeah. No idea. You wouldn't expect that. Exactly. Exactly. What about you, Chris? Any other final thoughts on it? I pretty much agree with all you guys, but um, see the problem, the one problem besides the resuscitation was I knew Mia was the savior because that's how they marketed her. Like Mm -hmm. with all the promo stuff before it came out, they they basically said it was a female version of Ash. So going into the movie, I was like, I don't get it because (laughs) you don't get that. You get David is, Mm -hmm. you know, the Ash character. He's going to be the one to make it. And so I, I was thrown off until resuscitation and all of that. But right. um, no, I like the, I definitely enjoy the more serious tone of this. Mm-hmm. I think it helps captivate, it, it helped captivate me more. I was more into it than say evil dead two or army yeah. of darkness. Right. And what about you, Ash? Oh, I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I, I would agree. I, like I said, I didn't, um, like I said, the first time I watched it, I fell asleep. I just didn't expect to come into it and realize that I missed all this. I don't know. I was just probably tired the first time I watched it and it just happened to be, you know, a bad time to put it on. But, uh, I was, I was pretty blown away by the whole thing. I really enjoyed it. Um, so now Mark, we use a, a four, a four star scale, one being poor, two being, um, average three being good four being excellent what would you rate this you can use halves if you'd like what would you rate this film oh a total four okay honestly it it blew my expectations i came into it not knowing too much about it because i don't like spoilers i find trailers give too much yeah so uh, it was on my radar i watched it i loved it it's exactly what i wanted so i give it a full four stars awesome and what about you chris how many stars do you give this film um i think i gave the original evil dead a four and I have to match it because I think <laughs> I, I I don't want to say it's I don't think it's better than the original Evil Dead. I think it's a great like almost the companion piece to it. It's like mm-hmm. the more serious brother right. to it. I think they're very equal playing fields. Two very different films, but still kind of the same. Yeah, so I'll, I'll jump on that because I, I believe I gave Evil Dead three point five, and I'll jump on that. And that's what I was given this one as well was a three point five and. Um, you know, very similar reasons. So what about you, Ash? Uh, I would give it a 3.5, um, out of four. I, I, I initially gave it like a perfect score. Um, but on the rewatches, I lowered it a little bit. Um, I don't even remember why it's, it's great. It's a great movie. I just don't think it's quite perfect. So three and a half works. Awesome. Yep. So, Evil Dead scores an average of 3.75 from the Cinefessions podcast. We didn't do that for the other ones, but I decided just to do that right now. So um, now before we move on, let me ask you, Mark, because you weren't here for those other um, because we talked about Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, What are your kind of your overall thoughts on that? um, Those three films, Brief, Um, you know, thoughts. Classics. I saw the first Evil Dead actually on DVD when DVDs first came out. It was one of those like ju- clear jewel cases. It also could have been a bootleg, even. I don't know. Um, I saw it. I loved it. 
Um, number two, I thought I liked it as well. I thought, you know, it was just Evil Dead, but with a bigger budget. Mm-hmm. Um, almost, I'm not a big uh, Three Stooges fan. I just don't get that kind of humor. So, right. uh, you know, like, I could have done without that so much, but I still thought it was a better film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Army of Darkness, I just loved. Because it was more funny. Yeah. So it, it's almost like a different series with the same character, you know? Um, so I, I still like the original the best you know out of those three mm-hmm. um and then evil did two again just same film again um cooler poster and then number three well you know the only reason why i remember number three as a kid is because i used to buy the comics at the time and it used to be on the back of every comic cover okay i tried to promote it um so when i finally did see it i liked it more as a comedy than as a scary movie but right. Ash is such a badass cool character mm-hmm. that you have to enjoy it you know um yeah. but i i still think i like the one number one the best because it was made for scares over laughs mm-hmm. and I, I you know i like horror comedies but you know i don't find the age as well and i just that's why i like the first one the best yeah i would agree with you that's where i i out of, out of the three i'd put um it'd have to go evil dead army of darkness and then evil dead 2 mm-hmm. for me so excellent so that is all four films so we've now reviewed the entire ash um, your Evil Dead, rather, Evil Dead universe. And so now let's finish it up and talk about episode 10 of the Ash versus Evil Dead television series entitled The Dark One. And this one is directed by Craig DeGregorio or something along those lines. So, all right. So let's dive into this one here. So this is going to pick off exact, pick up exactly where the last episode left off. Um, Amanda's uh, eventually floats into the cabin and she tries to uh, trying to attack ash with his chainsaw kelly's trying to get the mask off pablo's face um the demon starts to take over pablo uh and then and then kelly's getting knocked out the blonde's trying to help and eventually ash he, he gets his chainsaw onto his nub and then amanda falls from the ceiling on the blade cutting her in half so she's gone um and all the while ash is still delivering these one-liners what's he saying this one whatever you think about us you might want to forget this part and i thought that one was hilarious um, and then we get the, the blonde, she gets all sprayed with, the, sprayed with the blood, which I thought was awesome. And then Pablo disappears and, uh, Ruby disappears and we get that splash screen for the intro. So what were your immediate thoughts on this, uh, opening scene? Anybody? It's pretty much what I expected to yeah. go down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There really was no surprises for myself. Yeah. I would agree. Absolutely. So- Enjoyable though, like it, it, it was great, you know. But uh, so it's following the flow of the whole series, uh, right. but you know, not, nothing crazy. Yeah, um, I liked it. Uh, you forgot one of the other lines uh, he has with her. Uh, I broke up with you at the right time, or something. Along yeah. Those lines. <laughs> right. uh-huh. yeah, exactly. Um, and so, uh, moving forward, they decide that they're you know Ash decides he's going to go down and try to get Pablo, and uh, Kelly insists on going with her. And I, I made note here that I feel like the blonde took on a much bigger role than I expected. Even just these few minutes into the film, I expect or into the episode rather, I expected her to kind of be gone by the by the splash intro. Yeah, yeah she lasted she, she, longer than I thought she would. <laughs> so Kelly's trying to get Ash to let her to go with him down to the cellar, and he finally agrees. And um, he starts down. He stops, comes back up, says something I forget what, and then. Um, 
we see the the evil kind of coming through the woods again, eventually gets to the house, into the cabin rather, and, and sends Ash down. Ash spirals down and he hits the ground and then all of a sudden he's back into that, uh, that scene that we saw before the series actually started. They showed it as a flashback. And this is the night that Ash reintroduced the Necronomicon into the world, essentially reintroduced the evil into the world. Um, but it turns out it is Ruby and she's trying to convince him to, um, you know, call a truce and let her do what she needs to do. And, you know, she's trying to seduce him with the Jacksonville postcard. She's going to let him go to Jacksonville. Uh, he wants cable television and steaks with butter and blah, blah, blah. Um, she basically says that she's offering him the undo button. But Ash is like, well, how about instead I kill you? And he pulls out the the shotgun from the ground out of nowhere and tries to shoot her. But unfortunately, it's not loaded. So Ruby screams and then Ash is back in the present again in the cellar. I hate this entire sequence. <laughs> Didn't like that? Why, no. Any, any reason in particular or just? I just, it just felt stupid. Like, it, <laughs> I don't know. It just, I don't know. The, the segue into it and then back out. I hate it. Um, I like the dialogue that was happening, mm-hmm. but just, I think this episode is very sloppily made as a whole. And I'll get to that okay. later on, but it, I think it's very poorly directed. Okay. And now I, th- I think this is the first episode that this guy's directed. If I remember right, I don't re- recall his name earlier in the series at all. Cause usually it's two people like uh, a director will do two episodes and then uh, move on. Because I think the first episode was directed by Raimi himself. And so I think this is mm-hmm. uh, completely uh, and somebody new to the series. So yeah, I'm surprised Raimi didn't direct the finale. Or... I, that's what I expected when I looked it up. I was like, OK, Raimi, because he directed the first, he'll probably direct the last. And I was surprised to see that that was not the case. Uh, yeah, but I, I felt... hear that uh, Rick Jacobson, it's his only episode that in this season. OK, yeah. And I felt like when you watch it, you can tell that this is definitely not a Raimi directed episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but. So, um, basically at this point, uh, Ash is down in the cellar. He, he taps back out of it and he's back in the cellar in, in the present and Kelly's trying to get the door, the cellar door open, but it's stuck shut. And so he starts walking around and we get a jump scare, which we didn't really have too many in this uh, season, but we get the jump scare. And this is the first time we're going to see the faceless boy who just decides to make it over and over and over again throughout this episode. Um, but I thought he was pretty creepy. So I didn't, I didn't mind that. I just, I was surprised how many times we saw him. But I, I think it's it's all different voice though. Oh, okay. I, I think I, I, the way I see it is that Pablo was regurgitating a whole bunch of these boys because oh, he kills yeah, one. But yeah, you there see one running in the woods, and you see yep. a few more like escaping the house. So I think it's multiple boys. That makes sense because at one point, um, yeah, the one runs out of the house, and then Kelly goes in the cellar, and there's another one that pops up. I'm like, well, wait, where? How did he get back in there? So I get that would make sense that they're. You know, supposed to be different people, so that, yeah. that clears that up. Um, so he's hearing he's hearing Pablo screaming. He he calls him Pedro at one point, <laughs> and he's like Pablo, Pablo. I meant Pablo. Um, so Kelly, she, she gets the gun. She tries shooting through the cellar door. That's not working. The blonde's trying to convince her just to to leave, and Kelly's refusing. So all of a sudden, the blonde starts having this hallucination. She sees this cockroach come crawling out of her pants and she looks down, like opens her pants and all these cockroaches start climbing all over. She screams, Kelly slaps her. And that's when we find out it was just a hallucination, which I thought was uh, random, <laughs> but 
there is, and then there's this eye in the wall. Kelly smacks at her, punches at it, whatever she does. It explodes all over the blonde, and then eventually Kelly's thrown out of the cabin by this, you know, invisible evil force, and she's now locked out of the cabin. And I, the whole time I'm thinking with this blonde, she's got, you know, uh, a bone sticking out of her leg. She's got <laughs> creepy crawlies going up her stomach. Mm-hmm. She's covered in blood. I'm still thinking, yeah, I still would. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah, i think it's the sick. accent i think the accent is it for me oh yeah yeah you ain't kidding I love at one point um uh kelly's trying to like she's like pounding on the house and she's like you know you're you're gonna be okay you're gonna be the best medical assistant in england or wherever it is that you're from i thought that yeah. was hilarious because i think we decided that she was probably from um she's either north, australian or zealand yeah or new zealand rather because that's where the whole yeah. thing is filmed but I just thought that was hilarious. But I, oh uh, yeah, her accent, absolutely. That's pretty funny. Um, so Ash is walking around in the cellar again. He gets a flashback to Evil Dead Two, and the hillbilly gets dragged into the cellar. Um, that's Evil Dead Two, right, Ash? Yes, it was. And uh, following, so he's following Pablo's voice basically, and then he sees that Ruby's there, and Ruby is writing in a foreign language on the uh, on this like piece of paper or whatever. Using that wasn't it, paper. It was from the was it skin. That was Pablo's back skin. Yes. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, she cut that off of Pablo and was using it to write on. Oh, God, that's disgusting. I totally I missed completely that. Missed that. <laughs> I completely missed that. But she's using Pablo's blood. I did see that <laughs> to, to, to write whatever it is she's writing. And she's chanting as well. Um, and then Pablo kind of vomits up this, this. It looks like an eel or something at first, but it obviously turns out to be the little boy because he breaks through this. Um, whatever coating that he's wrapped in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was so gross. I thought that was a really, really well done um, special effect though. I thought it looked yeah. Really good. Yeah. That one was good. Yeah. That's what too. Like, it was pretty awesome. Um, so she, she tells the boy something and the boy takes off through the ceiling. It looked like he went like through the ceiling to the outside is what I gathered from it. Yeah, um, that far into the basement, they're not under the house anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this is when Kelly's trying to get the blonde to, um, you know, help her get in. But eventually the blonde's dragged by back by something. Um, and then she's starting getting attacked by the couch. Um, but after she gets away from that, then the, the nails in the floorboard start coming at her and they get her in the face and the chest everywhere. And so she's forced to try to crawl to safety. But then all of a sudden there's this bright pink light in one of the other rooms and it just sucks her in and, and she's gone. And so yeah, and the, the whole nail scene reminded me again of the uh, of the remake. Remake, yeah, that's absolutely Which, what I thought. Yeah, and I, I don't want to skip ahead too much, but that's why I thought maybe because the whole nail thing, the remake, I kind of expected Mia to show up at the end. The whole kind of bridge everything together. I was kind of disappointed by that. Oh, that didn't would happen. That'd have been very interesting. It'd been pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, oh, hell yeah, would have. Um, so uh, eventually, Kelly. Um, is it back in the house? Um, she, I don't know, not yet. She is, um, tossed back by, uh, like the blood and the remains of the blonde that come spewing out of the, the front door of the cabin. Um, and the blonde's head is now a deadite and it tells Kelly that Ash failed. Mankind is doomed. And as for Pablo, but Kelly cuts her off, picks it up and says, he's not my boyfriend and then kicks the head. Um, well, she tries to kick it. It kind of, <laughs> yeah, it didn't really go. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was pretty heavy, okay. Yeah. So they, th- this uh, is. Oh, go ahead. They, uh, they this the they had me with this scene up until the point with her head. The head <laughs> didn't quite look right CG wise. They did something with like they blurred the top part of her head and didn't look right. Mm. But like 
most of this was actually a practical effect. Like the the blood shooting out of the door and her getting pulled back and everything. That was all practical effects. And but then like for some reason they like overly did her C- the CG on her face. It just didn't look <laughs> quite right. But yeah. yeah, the the blood was fantastic. I love that. The mm-hmm. they the, I watched the making of after mm-hmm. and uh they had to, like they're like, Yeah, we have this contraption here and they have like these two giant canisters holding all the crap in the pressurization system to shoot the blood out. And it's like, yeah, it drops down here, filters through this, and then we have two cannons that launch it out. That's so cool. <laughs> it's, it's just like, this thing takes up like most of the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were talking about how much blood they had to use for this episode. And I thought that was interesting to listen to. But so, my pro- This is where my problems like start to come in. Okay. Is th- it's inconsistent. With, like what's going on like she gets blown back by this blood but her face is like 98 percent clear oh like, no blood yeah. on her face and it constantly and you could chalk it up to it raining mm-hmm. but by, by the time she gets by the time i don't know a couple minutes pass she's perfectly clear of the blood almost there's hardly any on her yeah like it just kind of killed it for me like really like after watching the evil dead remake like mm-hmm. i was just expecting Tons of blood that actually stuck, but it's just weird that her face wasn't covered. Yeah, like and that's any. definitely a, a director's, you know, uh, problem in that sense. Definitely something that they should have uh, caught and fixed. I would agree with you. I mean, you could just well, it fits with the it fits with the consistency of the original Evil Dead trilogy, though, <laughs> where they're incredibly inconsistent. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so. We get Ash back in the cell, and this is where he has that fight with the, one of the creepy little boys. Um, and eventually he gets the the shotgun in the boy's mouth and says, you need your mouth washed out or something like that. And he sh- blows him away and just leaving his head on the shotgun, which I thought was really cool. Um, just, that, that shot grossed me the hell out. Yeah, it was. Because <laughs> it, it didn't look like any kind of human remains it looked like they covered him in like liquid shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> right it was all like this black goo i thought that was really crazy but that was yeah. the other thing like it's a cool shot but like mm-hmm. there's blood pouring off of the head on the the shotgun yeah. like, everything else was a black goo i'm like right. <laughs> yep i noticed that one one. the other yeah there was definitely there was a i wrote i wrote down a three stooges style in this in that scene because he pokes him in the eye three stooges style which is reminiscent of uh, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, which I'm also eyes, not a big fan of. It was the eyes on the kid I didn't like. Just the CGI blackness that they had to yeah. put over the eyes. Uh, that just uh, looked too Silent Hill to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, good good reference there, definitely. So, uh, moving forward, Kelly finds some gasoline, starts dou- dousing the cabin with it. Um, she takes a, a road flare and, and throws it, so it lights the cabin on fire. Um, at the same time, Ash breaks into the room where Ruby and Pablo are, and he starts shooting Ruby with the shotgun, and he eventually gets her to the ground. He even comments, oh, that was easy. You know, he's about to walk up with her, walk up to her and chop her head off with a chainsaw and move on with his day. Uh, Kelly, outside, she's cheering the fire she just lit in the cabin, um, eventually opens the door so she's able to get in. And that's when the, the uh, creepy one of the, another creepy boy pops out of the cellar and runs out where she heads in. So Ash goes over to Ruby to cut her head off with a chainsaw, but she starts whispering something Ruby does, which makes Pablo attack Ash. And so the demon takes over Pablo. Pablo's fighting this, you know, demon that's inside him to 
not hurt people, but he can't really do anything about it because the demon is so strong. And so eventually Ash is hit with the hammer and the demon and Pablo are going back and forth. Um, but uh, he attacks Ash again. And so Kelly's down there finally and she sees a, a f- flashlight coming toward her. Oh, what's that? Yeah, okay. I was confused on where the hell, what the hell I was talking about. But she, she's like, <laughs> Pablo, Ash, who's that you? And then all of a sudden the light goes out and there's nothing there. And then the boy pops up again, another jump scare. And then he takes off again. So another, another creepy, creepy boy moment. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so Ash gets on top of Pablo, but he doesn't want to hurt him because it's Pablo. And so um, Pablo is begging Ash, you know, please kill me. Please kill me. He's pulling the chainsaw blade down toward his head to kill himself. But Ash is, pull, you know, holding it out so it won't happen. And eventually, the right before it gets to his head, the chainsaw runs out of gasoline. And so uh, Pablo is not killed. And then Demon Pablo takes over again. And Ruby heals herself. And then they... Uh, and uh, he gets the shotgun. Pablo gets the shotgun from Ash. Before he can shoot him, though, Kelly rushes in and stops him, and then they have a fight. Um, Ruby puts her blood on the... Um, or no, she puts her blood-written piece of skin, I guess is what it is, um, into the Necronomicon, and then she grabs Ash by the neck, and um, she says that you know her book needs a new cover, so she starts um, cutting Ash's face off, which I thought was really gross. Um, but eventually he gets away from that. And then Ash is in charge. He gets the knife to her neck and, uh, he says, you know, get the book off of Pablo's face, but she refuses. And then she offers him this deal again, Jacksonville, uh, basically a way out. She says, think about it, Ash, you're old and fat and weak. You can't keep this up forever. So she's trying to persuade him to let her take care of the evil. It's not that the evil is going to take over the world, but rather that she is going to control it so that he doesn't have to. Um, Basically trying to say that she wants what he wants, and that's to have the evil under control. Um, So she begs him, just take this deal. Um, He says, all right, but you have to have you have to allow Pablo and Kelly to come with me. And so she says, you know, I can do that. And um, eventually she sets Kelly free and then. Ash tells her to let Pablo free. Uh, Pablo's saying, you know, don't do this. You're making a mistake. But Ash says it's best for all of them if Ruby is the gatekeeper. And so Ash agrees to this normal life in Jacksonville for all three of them and gas money, of course. Um, (laughs) Kelly doesn't look happy, but he says he's keeping the knife. Uh, Ash says he's keeping the knife just for insurance. And then he says the word truce. And so his decision has been made. he moves in to take the postcard. I thought something else was going to happen. Maybe he was going to attack her at that point, but nope. He grabs it and the mask falls off of Pablo. What I thought that was a cop out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I liked it because I didn't expect it at all. And it helps us set up for a second season. Obviously this isn't the end of the episode, but it's basically the end of the episode. But I got the, uh, whole, I got the whole like ending sequence that we started talking about there. Mm-hmm. What I don't get is Kelly setting the cabin on fire. I she, she doesn't know that Ash is too deep in the you know that she's he's not in the cabin cellar area anymore. Right. Um, but he still has to come out. So he's gonna eventually come out of the cellar, not knowing he's gonna take a truce, mm-hmm. and the cabin's gonna be on fire. So he's gonna go. He's gonna have to go through fire to get out. You know, I don't know. I just think you understand that point. 
My I, dad, she's celebrating the fire, but why? What did she yeah, do in the first place? I, what I expected was that she was so just pissed off at the cabin for not letting her in that she was going to show it and start oh, yeah. start on fire and then realize, oh shit, what am I doing? Ash is down there. Like, how did I, why did I fuck up? But that never happened. And so I, I agree with you. I mean, obviously it was what I think it was her way of getting the cabin to open up, but I just, I don't know why she would have expected the cabin to open up by lighting in a fire. It just seemed very extreme. Like, why didn't you try to tickle it first? You know? <laughs> Hey, there you go. <laughs> Always try tickling first. Yeah. Worst to live by. <laughs> so finishing up the episode here, the three of them are back in the car. Pablo and Kelly are clearly unhappy with the decision that was made. Um, they think that evil's gonna take over the world, but Ash says, you know, don't worry about it. Ruby has it under control. And then this broadcast of the emergency broadcast services or whatever comes on the radio, starts talking about potholes, but Ash turns it off saying, you know, it's nothing, don't worry about it. You know the radio. He puts on the cassette tape, starts laughing his ass off, and then takes off. And then we see behind the car a pothole form, a giant sinkhole, as season one of Ash versus Evil Dead comes to an end. Now, Chris, you said that was a cop-out. So go ahead and expand on that a little bit more. I just, I mean, granted, it's not what anyone expected, Mm -hmm. but it just felt like a cop-out to keep everyone alive, to just make another season. It didn't feel... I don't know. It, it it just felt lame. And now I'm just going to assume they're going to have to hunt all these little killed kids like each episode. So we'll have like a monster of the week theme for the next season is what I'm oh. guessing. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think about that. I wouldn't but like that. I, I was expecting more because obviously I didn't watch it live mm-hmm. and I followed Joe Lynch on okay. Twitter and, and he was raving about the episode. So like, I was like, oh, it has to be like amazing. And he's like, he was basically begging them to like bring him on for the direct yeah. episode next season. I saw your retweet, yeah. And I mean that would be cool, but I, I, I don't know. I, I'm guessing where they're going, and mm-hmm. I'm hoping they're not going that way. And I, I just felt like it was a cop out. It was like we don't want to make any real decision, so we're just gonna have him just be a bitch and <laughs> take the easy way out. But it feels so right to me. I don't know. Go ahead. I, I, I didn't think it was a cop out so much as really, really fucking lazy writing. Uh, it, this isn't, this is the, even with Ash being old and tired and worn out, this is not something he would freaking do. He's not stupid enough to assume she's just going to do what she says and everything's going to be fine. He's not that much of a fucking idiot. But I don't know that he believes her. I think he's just done with it. Like she said, like he's older. He's been doing this, you know, the majority of his life. He doesn't want to deal with it anymore. I think that's just his way of not dealing with it anymore. The way I see it is that he's looking for the easy way out because in a way he is a bit of an idiot because Arm of Darkness doesn't count in the series, right? Just because on the rights to it. So he became the hero in Arm of Darkness. Mm -hmm. And number two, he's still saving his skin. So he is going to take the easy way out. Hoping, you know, that the, uh, that, uh, uh what's her name is going to, you know, Lucy Wallace's character is going to, you know, cover her side of the bargain. Um, and so, even if she doesn't, I think he doesn't want to have to deal with it anymore. Like, I, I not think his so problem. Too. Yeah. yeah he, he got the whole Jackson villain in his head. That's what he wants. Right. And I see him, you know, bypassing all these elements to get to that final result mm-hmm. without actually doing the work for it. Now, the way I see it now is I think I count like three or four kids. 
that escaped the cabin. Yeah, that's so. What I'm that's thinking what season two, they're gonna hunt those kids, which I'm I'm, I'm hoping that they're gonna grow at a faster rate because they're not human. Right. So they become some cool beasts or demons or whatever. That could be cool, yeah. Gets those demons and then he can go after Lucy Loss's character again mm -hmm. to finish season two. That's, right. that's that's how I see things going, but you know, who knows? See, see, I thought they still were counting Army of Darkness with this. See, I thought they didn't have the rights to Army of Darkness. That's why he doesn't have that that uh, metal gauntlet as a hand. And he's got that wooden I see, I figured he just lost it. And, and also... It. <laughs> I, I thought so as well, because, you know, it's not S-Mart when you start the show, right? Mm -hmm. And right. apparently it's because S-Mart's part of Army of Darkness and they don't have the rights to it. Because I thought maybe, you know, S-Mart got bought out by a bigger box company and da-da-da. Mm -hmm. But part of the reason for that is that, no, he doesn't work at S-Mart. It's because it's part of Army of Darkness and they can't mention any of that. That's why, like, when you saw any montages from the past, there was nothing regarding him being in the past. It was all one and two. It was never Army of Darkness. So apparently it's because they don't have the rights to it. That's how I understood it as well. Yeah. But... Mm. And I think with what they did, it makes sense and it's great. Because it would have been cool to have that badass gauntlet. But, and I think they bypassed that by having uh, Pablo making that, you know, like, yeah. that power glove style. Hand right, hand. right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I guess that kind of makes sense. It, mm. But even then, at the end of Evil Dead 2, he's still more the hero. I, I, I don't know. It just it seems like complete and total character regression and lazy writing it's like oh we need him to leave so that we can set up season two that was basically yeah, what it felt like to me and i wasn't was happy like, with the ending i think yeah. again yeah they were going towards like okay we're going to do another season which great because i like the first season but yeah I, I didn't think the season ender was as strong as it could have been yeah yeah i'll i'll agree that it could have been could have been you know something different that may have been stronger but I'm not sure what would have worked to build to the second season as well as I think this will. It might be lazy, but I also think it's um, kind of just the way it has to be. I don't know. It doesn't have to, obviously. You know, it could have just been Ash. Everyone else could have died or, you know, it could have just been Pablo and Kelly in season two. It could have been anything. Yeah. But I don't know. I like, I want to I want to see these three people together still. And I want to see what they're going to do moving forward. So Me too. Um, this was a total bridge episode. Yeah, you know that. I yeah, that I I could agree with definitely. Uh, but uh, see, but even then, you don't. You can end on a cliffhanger mm -hmm. and not have it be a, a bridge episode. And, you can, yeah, you absolutely and, can. But to end your season on a bridge episode sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks hard. The I'm not sure how long this can can mean uh, sustain. I don't know if this if we only have one season left or if we have two seasons left. But I don't think we have anything more than that. If we even have two seasons left after this, I mean, you could say that about Supernatural, and that's on its like eleventh season. Yeah, like, I've never seen an episode of that, so I can't. But missing <sighs> out, <laughs> so yeah. good. Yeah. I thought you know there would be a one and done season. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it'd be it'd have multiple uh, multiple seasons, but you know the the graphic or the graphics, the ratings are good. People are positive about it, so why not make another season? Right. Um, but yeah, I didn't expect this to be a multiple season show. I thought this was like fan service. We can give you four. You know, this is not the Evil Dead remake. Mm -hmm. Here's some more Ash and enjoy. And I did, you know. So yeah. if the show did end with him dying at the end, I would have been okay with that because I loved this whole season, except for like episode two. But that's you know. For 
If, now, now, what if he died and they had kept Kelly and Pablo alive to carry on? Would you have been okay with that? I would have still watched because I like Pablo, uh, uh, Pablo and Kelly. I, I think their characters, because they're new, they were really well fleshed out. And I would have continued with them. And they would have probably picked a third sidekick, you know, to move them up a level. And yeah, I've been okay with that. It's, it would yeah, still be Evil Dead. But who's to say that's not what their plans are for the future? I mean, we obviously we don't know. Maybe that's something that they're planning for the future. But this is just the way to get to that. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Ash could could retire now. You know, mm-hmm. he's got his Jacksonville, uh, uh, you know, uh, dream uh, ending. Right. He's like, hey, screw you guys. Go and do your thing. You know, I'll be here if you need me. You know, so maybe it might be a Killian Pablo season two with him coming up at the end. Yeah, which I love day. those guys. So I, yeah. you know, I love those guys. So I'll be okay with that. But. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So kind of overall thoughts, my overall thoughts on this season as a whole. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know of a better horror comedy series out there. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a very limited selection, um, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, one that Chris, I know you might talk about is Holliston as a horror comedy series, uh, but I've not seen that. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed season one. <clears throat> Even if it didn't end on the strongest note it could have, I still liked this episode. I still liked how the se- uh, season finished, um, which I'm obviously in the minority on, which is fine. But I just thought this was a perfect way to move into a second season. Now, one could argue that maybe this would have been better as a one and done uh, season, and then we could have had a stronger finale. But you know, it's that's not the way they chose to do it. So um, I was just very impressed with this season as a whole. Um, Ash, oh, what were your me, thoughts? Oh, don't get me wrong. I liked the episode mm-hmm. up until the ending. Okay. The ending just the ending just kind of tanked it for me. Hmm. Uh, I was enjoying it up until that point, and I'm just like, really, come on. But, I just liked uh, it because it surprised me, and I didn't yeah, expect it. I knew that they were see, but I it, the the minute that she tempted him with that the second time, I'm like, he's gonna take it. They're <laughs> absolutely and totally do that. And, yep. Oh, look, there they go. Right. Um. But now overall, I like the season. Um, there were a couple of filler. I don't want to say filler episodes. They're more like bridge episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they kind of have to have those because of the the shorter runtime, you know, only being half an hour. Right. Because uh, really, really, we got, if you want to look at it another way, we only got five episodes, you know, like five one hour episodes type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they they arranged it pretty good that moved at a pretty good pace so that they didn't have to do a lot of the like the bridge episodes and then we had like a couple of like i mean it's obviously one overarching story but they kind of had a couple two-part episodes that that worked yeah pretty good so what would you give season one on our four star scale uh i'd give it a three okay Excellent. It wasn't. I, I know it was. It was decent. It was pretty good. Uh, I, like the the phone call. The the visual quality has been excellent. Mm-hmm. Apart from a few really questionable CG shots. But, <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but other than that, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, and since I talked about my final thoughts, let me give. I, I would give it a three point five out of four for my for for the totality of season one. Um, Chris, what what are your overall thoughts on season one here? Um. You know, starting off, it started off so good, and it mm-hmm. just kept going and going and going. And then probably around like that episode seven, it kind of dipped a little for me. Yeah. And it came back. And there was that one. There, there was one filler episode because I skipped it by accident and didn't even <laughs> notice. So there's right. definitely filler in there. 
because then I went back and watched it, and I was like, oh, I didn't miss anything. I didn't really need to watch that. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. The the cop out ending kind of just throws me off, and I'm like, I, that's it's kind of like revisiting the Scream TV series with their cop out final moment. Yeah. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like either don't reveal it or reveal it earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin it in case people. Yeah. Mark, have you, out of curiosity, Mark, have you watched, did you watch the Scream TV series? No, I haven't. It's on okay. my Netflix, uh, queue list, but, uh, okay. yeah, I'm not the writing to, to watch it. I like the, the, the way the mask looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's pretty much all I know about it. I, uh, okay. we have kept blenders, uh, we're that show. Yeah, we did podcast through the whole thing, so there's something mm-hmm. to listen to while you watch through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, so, Chris, what uh, what would you give it on a four? Um, even saying like all of that, I'd still probably give it a solid three as okay. well. Yeah, I mean, there were some inconsistencies like in that final episode that mm-hmm. bothered me, but I think I think they need to find some more talented people, and obviously, there are talented people wanting to work on the show, right? So hopefully they take up those things and get a little more coherency to some of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there was a lot of people I didn't know directing these episodes. And so I'd love to see some of those kind of uh, independent horror directors that we all like, uh, you know, turn to them maybe in season two and see what they can do with it. I think it'd bring a lot more fun to it as well. Right. You know, give it a little, little switch up now and then it'd be kind of like that masters of horror series, but the yeah. overarching theme instead. Right, right. Excellent. So, Mark, uh, I know you weren't here for episodes one through nine. I noticed you said you didn't like episode two, um, but what? go ahead and talk about your kind of overall thoughts on this whole season. Yeah, uh, I thought it was a great season overall. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why I don't like episode two as much is because the pilot was so epic <laughs> that it's hard to keep that momentum going right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing of, you know, then going back to, uh, to, uh, Kelly's house to get her parents and stuff like that. I just, I didn't like that episode. But apart from that, I love the whole series again, except, you know, number two and really this last episode, mm-hmm. which I didn't think ended on a strong note. Um, but I'm just glad they actually spent quite a few episodes at the cabin. I was afraid that it'd be like just final episode at the cabin and yeah. that's it, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Them spending three episodes there um, did good fan service. Um, if you're a fan of the series you're, or, or of the movies, you're going to love the series. Um, it, it can't always be, you know, epic episodes. So I understand that. Um, but overall, I think it was fantastic. Like, I would, I'm going to rewatch them again probably just because, well, they're short, easy watches and they're right. fun. Like, there's something fun in every episode, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I, I totally recommend this. I, out of the four, I would easily give this a three as well. Okay, excellent. Mm-hmm. So there we have it. Season one of Ash versus Evil Dead is in the books, and we give it an average rating of 3.125 stars. So that's pretty damn good. A lot better than, um, I don't even, that might have, that might even be a higher rating than Sense 8. I don't know. I have to, I have to go back and look. I don't know offhand, but, um, excellent. Any other um, concluding thoughts on the season? Oh, ratings. Ratings. So ratings. Uh, Episode 8. I'm not going to go through the whole thing again, but episode 8 was the highest at 465,000. Episode 9 actually dropped a significant number. went down to 343,000 viewers. And the ratings for episode 10, unfortunately, are not out yet. So I don't have the finale's numbers yet. Hopefully... um, 
I can include those in the the show notes, so that way you guys can see what they are. Because I uh, just searched for them before the episode today, and they weren't out yet. Usually, TV by the numbers has them, but they are not listed on there yet. So I will have to wait for those. But I'll try putting them in the show notes if they are up by that point. But I think it was interesting that the weekend Star Wars came out. They actually went up, and we all thought they were going to go down. And then last week, they um, uh, went down a significant amount, and that was. What was that? Oh, I guess that would have been Christmas, the day after Christmas. And so people were probably busy doing whatever they were doing, you know, other things. But I don't imagine the day after or yeah, day after New Year's was much higher. So it'll be interesting to see how the how the series ended and uh, what they decide to do for the upcoming seasons. So that's the the ratings numbers. Is Are you guys surprised by the fact that it went down or no? A little. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I am. I'm quite surprised that it went down, especially a, such a significant amount like that. But yeah, well, I think I mean, maybe just because of the holidays, you know, right? Um, that's probably just the only reason. Yeah, I mean, that's a very good point. I'm sure that had, you know, almost yeah, all people to do with traveling, it. not mm-hmm. having yeah. access to stars. Exactly. And we know that this episode ten, at least the viewership is at least four. Okay. So you know, it can only go up uh, from there. So yeah, yeah. Well, four of us, right? Yep, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So that is episode, or rather season one of Ash vs. Evil Dead. So we are done with this block of podcasting. So now the big question is, what the hell do we do next? Well, we've been talking about it, and we are excited about this. So what we're going to do is the next episode is actually going to be a review or probably not really a review, but just a discussion on the new Netflix original series entitled Making a Murderer, which you've probably heard of because it's been incredibly popular since it came out, what, a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was. And so we'll be talking about that uh, episodes one through five of that on the next podcast and then episodes five through 10 on the following podcast. So basically we're going to have a two podcast run about Making a Murderer. Now, the reason we want to do this is, one, because all of us just want to watch the series. Um, Ash has actually started the series already, so he'll have a little different viewpoint on it than we will. But it's um, a, a true crime story. I'm not going to read into it until I start watching it because I don't want anything spoiled. And so we're going to do Making a Murderer, episodes one through five on the next podcast, and then episodes five through ten on the following podcast. And... Episodes might appear on Cinefessions at a different day because we're actually going to start recording on Tuesday nights instead of Mondays. So you'll probably see episodes go live either Thursday or Friday, depending on uh, what I think is best for the website. So I'm excited about it because everyone can follow along because most everybody has Netflix. So definitely watch that with us. And then after that, we are going to be moving on to a Quentin Tarantino run. Uh, We're going to review his eight films. And in order from Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Decky Brown, Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2 will be counted as one film. Uh, so one uh, podcast. And we're going to do Death Proof, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, and finally Hateful Eight. And with those, we will also be talking about an episode of Black Mirror. By, thanks to uh, a listener's request. It, you know, it has constantly talked about the show, says it's awesome. It's basically like a Twilight Zone type of show where it's... um. Uh, what's uh, an anthology television series. So you get like a new story each episode. Um, there's only three seasons with three episodes each on Netflix. So we're going to talk about all those um, eventually. Um, at this point though, we are going to do an a episode 
with the whichever Tarantino film we're doing as we go along and eventually get through all that. So hopefully you guys will be excited for Making a Murderer, which will be the next two episodes. And then we're going to start our Tarantino run along with our Black Mirror run. They're going to run side by side. So we'll talk about an episode of Black Mirror along with the Tarantino film. Now, again, expect spoilers. Some of the podcast, these are older films. So watch them and then come listen to us and uh, hear our take on it. Whew. It's exciting. This is going to be an awesome couple of weeks here because uh, Making Murder, I've heard great things about. And then I am uh, a huge Tarantino fan, so I'm excited to get to the ones that I may not have seen yet. So I'm excited as hell. Mark, uh, I'm I'm really glad that you decided to join us tonight and hopefully you will be back. I know you uh, your work schedule is going to prevent you from being on every episode, but that's totally fine. Um, whenever you're available, we'd love to have you back on here. It's been a blast. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, yeah, this is my first foray into podcasting. Hopefully it's not my last one. So, uh, yeah, thank you again. And hopefully I didn't talk uh, too much and <laughs> take the mic away from others. But, uh, yeah, it was fun. I really enjoyed myself. Great. And uh, Chris and Ash, as always, it's been a pleasure. Of course. <laughs> as always. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I guess that is that. So, uh, again, I want to wish everyone a happy new year. Hopefully 2016 is the best year yet for you and way better than 2015. And uh, thank you for coming back and, and listening to the Cinefessions podcast again. Thanks for being with us through these last 10 weeks with Ash versus Evil Dead. We hope you enjoyed them. And we are excited to move on to Making a Murderer and then the Tarantino film run along with Black Mirror. So if you have any uh, questions, comments, anything, shoot me an email, contact at cinefessions.com or hit me up on Twitter at Simon1, that's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1, or at Cinefessions also on Twitter. And then you can reach these gentlemen and their usual locations. Mark gave you his Twitter uh, name earlier in the episode. We got D-H-G-F-A-S-H-E for Ash and at Wolverine Factor for Chris. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening and we will catch you next time. (laughs) 